The Eastern Kicks podcast is brought to you in association with Guelo Beer. Use discount code EK10 at guelobeer.co.uk or guelobeer.com and get 10% off your order every time. Hello and welcome to the Eastern Kicks podcast regular magazine program about East Asian film led by me, Andrew Heskins, founder and grandmaster of EastonKicks.com, and James Mudge, our leading writer. Hey Each episode we'll be taking a look at the latest films, news and festivals, often chatting to filmmakers and stars along the way. Welcome to our latest show. This time we're casting an eye back to one of the early Asian horrors that really made an impression and helped propel Korean cinema to international audiences. Kim Ji Woon's A Tale of Two Sisters. And to help us out, we've got two sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Only joking. We've got our regulars. Stephen. Hi there. And Yona. Hello. To help us chat about this film. But firstly, we should get on to that important question. Mm-hmm. But it's a bit different. Hang on, what's going on? <laughs> we had, do have something different this time. We've been sent uh, some lovely beer mm. by uh, Guelo. Yes, yeah. Uh, a very nice collection of beers, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. We've got a nice variety, like tropical, session IPA, pale ale, and east the, and west uh, pale ale. Yeah. Everything, so yeah. it's... Uh, Which I'm looking forward to, yeah. Yeah. It uh, all looks really lovely. Very um, nice to fire. Yeah. I, drank, I mean, I drank it in Hong Kong uh, yeah. a couple of times when I was over there. I still brought back some of the Guelo beer mats everything with me and everything so actually you know managing to get this uh actually seems like a very good fit and everything so yeah looking, so bit, looking forward thanks to, to, to ian and joe and all mm-hmm. the lovely guys at guelo and and uh, i'm sure we'll enjoy it this this is uh, the start of a, a lovely association and a, <laughs> a real synergy between <laughs> <laughs> alcohol sponsors do seem like a good fit for us yes <laughs> regular mean, listeners will know why <laughs> Uh, how about you guys? What are you guys drinking? Do you want anything? I, I got an iced latte from Krispy Kreme. <laughs> okay, controversial. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't drink alcohol, so I'll be disappointing. I'm sorry. No, no, oh, no, no, no. Of <laughs> course not, man. That's fine. Like, uh, Stephen? Well, I, I'm teetotal as well, Yona. So for the first time ever, <laughs> I'm not outnumbered. Um, oh, no, there we go. So what I've got today, but I, d- I have gone the extra step because I know, I know the the process on this podcast so i have some organic black chai tea with ginger and elderberries that i got from that pantheon of tea making ikea and it's fantastic (laughs) i'm really (laughs) quite shocked but it's really nice and i'd really recommend it and ikea if you want to sponsor me (laughs) i'll go for it well that would, yeah. <laughs> Shelving that would from the DVDs, you see. <laughs> you see. Listen, Jackie, so you put a jump there. Tonight, it is a jump. You get your So let's chat about our tale of two sisters, shall mm. we? I mean, where to start? Um, I mean, I, I, I'll just kind of share how I came to the film. I, I, yeah, we're about, you know, as the Antipodeans would say, skiting about it. <laughs> um, 
I did, I did feel like I was quite ahead of the curve. Mm. I, I, when you talk about Kim Ji-Woon, I'd seen The Foul King and massively enjoyed okay. it. I hadn't, I don't think I'd managed to see The Quiet Family, but I was aware that it was remade as The Happiness of the Catacuries mm. by Takeshi Miike. Um, and I'd seen uh, Memories, the segment oh. he did for free. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so when this film came along, I was quite excited about it, and I think mm. I, I I I had the Hong Kong DVD of it. How did you guys? I I remember it was one of the film? first uh, streaming options on Netflix. Like when Netflix introduced streaming, the mother and uh, Tale of Two Sisters was like two of five Korean films they had, and I just happened to be two of the best ever. Um, <laughs> and then other than that, like you said, three I, I'd watched three extremes. And that was hugely influential in well, my friend the, group. Because the weird thing about Free, because Free was released as Free Extremes 2 in yeah. the UK, yeah. even though it was actually the first film. And uh, it just always cracks me up. That. It's bizarre, yeah. <laughs> that, that was, it was That's so why I never confusing. found it, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, for me, no, there is no real story. I can't really remember. <laughs> I think I had, a Hong, had I had a Hong Kong DVD, though. I'm quite sure of that, but I could yeah. be wrong again. I mean, obviously, you know, it left an impression on me. I remember it well, but... Not well enough think, to remember how I saw it. I think we can come. We'll, we'll come back to kind of how the. I think the timing of this was very astute, but you know, let's let's do a very quick summary of the film. It's over to me then, is it? Yeah, okay. go on. <laughs> okay, so the film itself is based on an old Korean folk tale, but more inspired by than than a direct copy. But it comes from that kind of evil stepmother and. Also, um, Grand Guanyel haunted house kind of background. Um, it's a story, uh, basically, of, funnily enough, two sisters. Sumi, <laughs> um, played by Im Soo Young, and Soo Yeon, played by um, Moon Gin Young. Sumi has obviously been at a mental institution, and she's come home to spend, you know, to return to life with her, her father, her sister, and her stepmother, Inju. But things are weird, and clearly there's stuff that's gone in the past that we don't know about. The father seems disconnected from everything. Eventually, Sumi is haunted by the ghost of her mother in a in a real J horror way, um, <laughs> and things eventually. I mean, we are going to do spoilers, right? But I won't spoil yeah, it. Yeah, I we, won't... we can't. We have to say <laughs> we, we can't. We can't. We can't talk about this film, I think, without... As things go on, things are unravelled that show that not everything we are seeing and not everyone that we are seeing is actually present in a in a kind of a sixth sense kind of way, but oh so much better. Mm. And then in, and it unravels in a really interesting and different way. So we, we, we sort of find out that the facts of the people, and at the very end, we find out what, what led us to this point so it's, it's a bit of a puzzle box of a movie and mm. quite it's not hard to follow but i think you could watch this film enjoy it and not understand half of what's going on um so I th- <laughs> which, I think, which will come on to shortly yeah i think i think i think that's enough really i mean there is that it all takes mm. place 95 percent of it takes place in a house in the family house mm. um and and yeah so it's coming from that sort of that grand Guignol haunted house tradition along with the evil stepmother folklore story. Yeah, and I think, shall we start with the house, which I think is probably, 
I mean, you know, you always talk about things, certain things like like the house being a character in the story. I mean, in this, this is definitely the case. Yeah. The you know the, it's a very distinctive house in the same way that um, the house in the original version of the housemaid is a very okay. distinctive yeah. Yeah. house in the same way that um, it, let's go on to one of James' favourite movies, Parasite. <laughs> it's a very distinctive house. We've never talked about that one before. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's it's a very I mean, I, I say, I mean, I, I'm I'm half not surprised that some people might be driven mad by the amount of patterns here. You know, it's yeah. who knew that William Morris and the Pre-Raphaelites were so popular <laughs> in Korea? It is, it, 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 it is know, one for you wallpaper fetishists, for sure. <laughs> it? it really is, and they are beautiful. And you yeah. kind of look across the sets, and yeah, it, it, it's not just every room; it's every wall. Pretty much has a mm. different pattern on it. Yeah. Even the cast members have, have lots of patterns, yeah. and striking yeah. colours, yeah. and, and so on on them. Um, particularly the, the, the sisters, mm. you know, it's um, it's, it's in, it is a very, you know, I mean, it absolutely looks incredible. And and in all in green and red, green and red is the is 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 the overwhelming colour schemes, which is kind of unusual. Red is often used in film, isn't it, as a signifier? Yeah. And yeah. it's certainly here in, t- in the way the girls dress and the way that they have inverted outfits and things like that, which is a clue mm. to what's going on. But I noticed a lot of green, and green is, I think, an unusual colour to f- certainly find in a horror film. Now, green usually re- re- suggests peace mm. and tranquility and, 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 and outside, and here it's unsettling. This how ha- and, you, and you follow the down corridors and you see rooms again very kimji wooney mm. kind of thing he does um mm. but it's it, it's and that's what drew me initially to the film not that it happened to be a horror film that happened to come out during the j horror boom and and so on it was because i'd never seen a film that looked like this before so packed in visual detail in yeah. in, in terms of the set dressing and it's not just the wallpaper every every piece of furniture has some kind of furnishing and covering on it everything looks ornate no not ornate ornate's mm. wrong it does it looks overly lived in if that if yeah. that makes sense yeah. um, and it's, it is very all of these patterns and colors they're, they're very even though the use of them perhaps isn't but they are very western mm. you know, which is, which be, is yeah. quite interesting yeah, yeah. you know and, and also that that it does feel you know it, it is a very kind of old-fashioned gothic story it's yeah. got real shades of rebecca and jane yeah, Eyre and yeah. stuff like that in mm-hmm. it. and it does feel like he's really kim Ji is really kind of putting these things together as well as i mean it's obvious that he you know he was picking up on on the sort of the, the j horror and the asian horror that was yeah. going on mm-hmm. but there's something else going on in here as well that, that it, it, there's a lot of atmosphere being built even just as, as the camera kind of lazily goes across the, the, all the patterns, you know, and mm, you, yeah. you get a chance to really absorb them, especially in the, the way this looks now with this. You know, it does, yeah. It, it looks it looks a lot a lot better than I, re- I remember yeah. actually seeing and stuff. But I, I like as well, like the fact that when they actually go outside and stuff, everything is just a lot more grey and bleak. I mean, you have the you have the greens inside so vivid, then outside like all the plant life and everything. You get the quick bit mm. at the start where they're picking. She, one of the sisters, is picking some red flowers and stuff. Mm. But apart from that, it's all grey. There's no kind of reference to really where it is, and there's it's, in it's, that it's way so it's, in limbo, like that, in the middle of that nowhere. Actually, I mean, they bring it up. That does remind me a lot of of the Quiet Family, you know. Whereas okay. when it was remade, the the location of the the family hotel, or, yeah. you know, the, the guest house, whatever, is 
they go for something that's very beautiful, very mm. kind of, you know, mm. li- deliberately kind of do, do the whole kind of sound of music, kind of running up the hills <laughs> and all that. Yeah. Um, whereas the original Quiet Family, you're like, why the hell would anyone go here? It just yeah. looks like a mud, it looks like a quarry pit or something. Yeah, yeah, it's proper run down and everything. You know, just, it, but, but, but yeah, you just reminded me of, of the, that. that <laughs> yeah, I don't know if there is a strange connection of these kind of weird places where nobody... Or am I am I even a practical production thing? I don't I don't know. Mm. I I mean I haven't seen Quiet Family for wow many a year or anything either. But but yeah, I like I like those outside scenes as well when they come quite briefly, and especially mm. sitting on the little wharf down by the. It's got a lovely little moment where the camera slips under the under the water, yeah. and it's kind of almost got like a a kind of a, a jawsy kind of <laughs> ominousness. But it's it's it it doesn't mean anything at all. But it's just these little bits that actually some of it. Yeah, you know, some of the kind of you know what we now see as kind of very, very of the time kind of scares feel quite. I'm not going to say clunky, but they are quite obvious in yeah. how they're done. Mm. And I think we got very, we were kind of barraged with with so much of this. It, yeah. it, it, we we became desensitised. But some of those elements, mm. these are kind of passing kind of eccentricities, actually are, are more effective in some ways. Yeah. You um. Yeah, every scene is just composed beautifully. That scene on the jetty, mm. you know, with the yeah, water yeah. and the girl, and, mm. and, and everything's just in the right place and just in the right mm, focus with mm, the mm. right colours, and it's striking. And something you said, Andrew, uh, that, you know, you, you equated to something like Jane Eyre. It is so feels so British. It feels like a British <laughs> horror story. It feels they even like, have roast chicken for dinner. Yeah, it feels rather like, than a, yeah. a proper, you know, rather than a proper, it, you know. It uh, means you mean English, but, not British. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I do apologise. It's got Thank more you. in common with the innocence <laughs> than it has with the ring. I think yes. would be okay. would yeah. be yeah. where yeah. I would yeah. go yeah. with this. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's an M R James ghost story. Um, mm. Just so happens to be yeah. in Korea. Um, yeah. Even, even stepmom, like the, the, the woman in black as well. You know, that's right. That kind of that kind of sort of rural ghost story that mm. doesn't really mm. matter where it is, but there is this sense of there's a sense of tradition and stiff upper lip and and, and well dressedness about the whole thing, which <laughs> isn't classic Korean or, or Asian horror as far as. I knew it at the time for sure. Mm-hmm. But in, in those films, the scares aren't as brutal, are they? I haven't seen The Woman no. in Black and Innocence. So that's where, like, T- Tale of Two Sisters is so strange as you lull yourself into this woman in black kind of state. And then the scares are pure J-horror. They're, they're awful. They're horrifying. They're really abrupt and kind of jagged. And bloody. There's, yeah, there's, there's, super bloody. There's, there's blood in this and there's periods in this. And there's, mm-hmm. and there's all yeah. kinds of very modern horror tropes mm. but still put in this kind of 1950s english ghost <laughs> ghost story it is it is a real mishmash but a lot of J- jim Ji um kim ji wins films are like that you know he makes genre yeah. films and he's a he's a student of world cinema yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. there's a scene in this Definitely. which is just saying hello poltergeist when someone goes downstairs and there's the, the TV, has got the static on, and she gets <laughs> yeah, the raw yeah. meat. She gets the raw meat out of the fridge. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's straight. That's that's referencing a scene in Poltergeist almost identically, apart from going rip her face yeah. off. But there's, I think there's things like that throughout his films, not just Tale of yeah. Two Sisters. He definitely, is, definitely, and and yeah. so I don't think it's a stretch to say where he's getting his influences from. It, not at it, all. It, it won't just be Asia. No, 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 there's no, definitely think... a bit of the shinning in there as well. Like, yeah. you know, with the, the roving camera around the, you know, the sort of wooden and yeah. floors and on yeah. the carpets and everything like that. I mean, no, 
no mad wee bikes or anything, but there, there's definitely a bit of shit in there. Shall we talk about why this it kind of feels like this this came out at the the perfect moment? It came out at a really good time, a really what was ultimately a really good year for for Korean cinema. Same year as Old Boy. Yeah. By this point, I think we knew about Korean cinema. Mm-hmm. It was starting to leak out. You know, we had Park Chan Wook's um, GSA. Some of us had seen it. Um, we had also yeah, sympathy for, yeah. for Mr. Vengeance, and it was also coming at the perfect time off the back of that real kind of. Asian horror boom yeah, yeah, yeah and I think part sure. of this as well is is that actually you know fine audition was uh, what 1999 yeah. you know Ringu was about the same time yeah. you know but these they were it took them two or three years to make it to the UK, yeah. to the UK and the US anyway so mm. it was really perfect time for this to be picked up and us to be getting this constant stream of Asian horror yeah yeah um, and then we were getting mostly the the bigger ones or the the good ones. Oh, I mean, in the West, I mean that that's at the point where probably us slightly older gentlemen were maybe importing DVDs and stuff like that <laughs> stage from Hong Kong or or from Korea directly yeah. if we were getting like a gigantic fancy box set. But um, but yeah, I, I agree that it was such a it was a great time for it. and coming. It was the the grudge as well had been yeah. you know due on <laughs> and everything. So we were kind of getting the the cream of the crop. But even then, like guys like us were probably, you know, we'd seen so many of these films, either ones that made it to the West and, and Tartan were pulling out quite a few of the, the slightly more obscure ones by the time it was like 2003, 2004. Yeah, this this got uh, a Tartan, didn't it? Yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a Tartan. And there was things one. like Our Point as well, which is the That's other right, horror yeah. movie. That, Our Point that that seemed to get released uh, under at least two titles in the, by by Tartan. Did it? What was the other? I can't remember. Did, did, anyone, did anyone see Wishing Stairs at that point? Because yeah, the, that was one the, the whispering corridors, corridor. yeah. or whispering yeah. corridors. Yeah, yeah, that was the only yeah. one I could really think of out of Korea that was kind of like a J horror, quote unquote. Because those were they started earlier, but again, they were coming over. At, ended up sort of coming out at the same sort of time, didn't they? By the time we got out, yeah, they, 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 they came out. You know, because whispering corridors was about ninety seven, and then you had Memento Mori, and then you know the rest of them continued on. But they all kind of came along later, and were never as well, Whispering Corridors was never so well known, I think, in the West. Compared, no, I found to... it like now because I, I hadn't heard of it before that. It just didn't get the same attention. But it's the same thing, according as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it falls under the same. I mean, I think Whisper. I mean, that, I mean, it's an interesting comparison, I guess, because you know, Tale of Two Sisters was so. Is it still the biggest? horror box office in from korea i mean you know i know it was listed as being that for, but i, I, I have no it was, idea if... it, it was the first korean horror film to get a release in the states wasn't it yeah netflix i think if you take that and the whispering corridors whispering corridor was so popular and stuff but then whispering corridors never you know even later uh, and maybe because by that stage it got through its you know less not lesser i still like the later ones but stuff like voicelet and everything like that yeah, it was, maybe Gonjiam beat, beat it now that the new Korean found footage hit Gonjiam, Haunted Asylum. Oh, the, the Haunted Asylum? But um, I think for 15 years, definitely Tale of Two Sisters reigned. I mean, this, I mean, I don't know. I mean, in terms of ones that actually made it to more of the international circuit, I, I guess. Um, 
It's the way I think. I think it was the perfect time because people, mm. it, this was bubbling up now. And yeah. I think the thing is, I mean, I, I don't I remember the exact release date in the in the UK and the US, but it wasn't that far no. behind. And I think that's the thing because it was, it was enough. It was there enough for people to be, in our terms, with a niche kind of Asian fascination, you know, <laughs> relatively. It's a horrible re- way of putting it, I must admit. You're making relatively, it sound like you know, but I'll, relatively but up to speed. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll mention again, it, a lot of the films that we love are based in a culture that yeah. is quite alien to the the average moviegoer. Mm, mm, Apart from yeah. the language and how the people look, mm, there's mm, nothing mm. particularly Korean about this. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. It, 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 again, it goes well, back to that English feel think may- to it. And I think maybe here what we've got is actually a bit of canniness by, by Kim Ji-woon because... Mm. Um, you know, we go back to Free, which was produced by Peter Chan. And the whole yeah. idea of that was really him, you know, because he produced The Eye as well and some of this other stuff that was going on, didn't he? Produced The Eye? I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I can't remember. You're probably right. Um, and, but he was there, you know, the idea of bringing these kind of Asian horror directors in. So that had a, a, a Thai film yeah. and um, uh, his own film, Going Home. But then the next one had Takeshi Miike. And he, he's... Peter Chan understood how sellable horror was on an international mm. scale. He could see that, and that's why he was putting money into it and actually yeah. being quite successful with this. And I think Kim Ki Woo has seen that and actually taken it a step further by mm-hmm. actually, you know, I, I, I do feel like that's, that is the, partly deliberate to make something that would even more appeal to an international there audience. Is, there, there I is, think it makes yeah. the. No, I've kind of, even yeah, well, there's, there's something else going on as well. Obviously, there's this there's this big um, government-based push from the South Korean authorities, mm-hmm. if you like. I don't want to make it sound like it's it's a terrible <laughs> thing, but they were really pushing Korean culture, the, the yes, whole Korean yeah. wave mm-hmm. thing, not just not you know not just into the West, but all across Europe. And mm-hmm. I remember getting an email at the time. You know, this was in the early days. I was writing about um, Asian cinema. I got an email from probably the Korean center in London or something like that, but they gave, they gave me this letter and it basically said Park Chan-wook, Bong and Kim Ji-woon. These are our three <laughs> key directors. And if they were writing that to someone writing a blog, they were pushing that to Tartan. They were pushing that yeah, uh, yeah. to festival promoters. There is, there is this, you know, and they succeeded in the end. Yeah. In the end, they got mm. the best film at the Oscars a couple of years back. With one of those directors. <laughs> Those three directors have also made it. They've all made a film in America. Park made Soka. Kim yeah, Ji Wong made yeah. the Schwarzenegger film, and um, oh, Bong yeah. obviously has 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 managed it with his own movie to to have an internet a, a proper international success. Um, mm. This so there, there's something about it that this this Korean wave and the J horror wave collided together at the same time to make this. It was just a perfect storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. There was so, there was so much good stuff coming in around then. I mean, you know, obviously in horrors we're chatting now, but the, you know, even in like the action films, the thrillers, everything like that, it was a, it was a very, it was a very, very good time. And as you say, it, it was kind of mainly this combination of like Japanese and Korean stuff. It wasn't. I mean, Hong Kong cinema, apart from like Infernal Affairs, wasn't really doing a great deal. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing from China as usual. Yeah, I was going to say exactly. I was going to say Thailand as well. Yeah, terrifying. Yeah. It went through a really, yeah, we had a really sort of nice vein of Thai horror for about yeah. eight, ten years. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't really know massively what happened to it during like the later. Well, they got they got they got all tied up with the uh, portmanteau 
things, didn't they? Yeah, and, he, and I guess it got for, a bit phobia, 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 and, and I guess it just got a little bit repetitive. And it was the same Peter, the, the same problem. There, there, there was a sort of it was phobia the same two, thing. which is yeah, oh, going yeah. down that line of hang on. Okay, so how does this work again? Um, phobia yeah, two, and, and, uh, and look like. And how many times can you retell really the story of P Mac? You know, that, that, that. <laughs> yeah. well, probably probably a few more times. I'm guessing. Uh. Although the new one, the medium, is supposed to be very good, but I haven't seen it. So maybe at what maybe, point maybe, did the uh, revival did the American remake start coming out of the Ring and the Grudge and eventually and this, film this as well. movie? Yeah, yeah. 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 the Uninvited, yeah, because um, it was because the Uninvited wasn't until like the late. It was like two thousand nine, two thousand nine, give or take. Because growing yeah. up, those were a long time. Mm. Yeah, growing up, those were massive. As as a high schooler at that point, everyone watched those, but nobody had any idea the movies they were based on. Mm. I mean, I did because I was writing for you guys, but otherwise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, when was? When was? I don't know. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna um, look it up. 2009. So the Uninvited came oh, out in 2009. Um, yeah, yeah. So the other the ring and but, stuff. But, but, yeah, and, and not to be confused with the Tale of Two Sisters. It's not a remake of this film. <laughs> so it was 2002 for the U.S. Ring. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah that's and that's there was that five-year period. Yeah. The room making yeah. the grudge. Are they remade? Yeah. Mm. All the same. All the same guy connected to it, or Roy Lee, who was just he was setting up all these deals to sell this. He just saw that was a a niche in the market, and he just sold all. Well, these again, films. though, you you've got some pretty savvy people just recognised oh, yeah. there as an audience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think they made a lot of money. They did. Yeah. Well, even the the uninvited made about thirty million or something like that. Which... I actually liked the uninvited. Until I saw it, you know, until I realized it was the tale of two sisters, I didn't mind it. Fair enough, fair enough. But but it's but even but and that's just the margins for horror films. So if you have a prepackaged thing which is going to ready to go, and you can just slot cast and you know take out the core of the plot and most of the things that made it good, and then just put it put it in front of the cameras, then you know horror films will as long as you get actually get into a cinema in the states, then you're probably going to make at least ten million dollars with a film, fifteen million dollars, even if you don't do well. So. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's being savvy about it, it's I mean, whatever the virtues or lack thereof of these remakes, you know, business-wise, they were great, well, great, fantastic business. You know. So what about the kind of the, the the legacy and what came next really with with Korean horror? Well, I think one of the one of the, I'm rewatching it again the other night. I think one of the the things about it is um, you know we said it's got these kind of like J horror scares and it, it does it has these all these grudgy type stuff everything but 
how much more of uh you know using this kind of those elements to tell this kind of story of like trauma and anxiety and angst and identity and everything like that and i think that came out in a lot more of the korean horrors after it much more than the japanese horrors which were more the urban legends you Mm. know the kind of the wacky ghosts and whatnot and everything whereas so many of these korean horrors which, which followed a lot of them were still like pretty depressing or you know they were they were much more about like the past secret and then the protagonist will find out they've done something wrong that they've somehow forgotten about whether it's like cello or the wig or uninvite the uninvited which i think came pretty soon after yeah yeah so they're all a lot more you know whereas the japanese ones are much more sort of 90 minute scare fests you know mm. uh the korean ones there was there were sort of i mean this is like a two-hour film so we should probably blame it in terms of influence it should probably be blamed for that you know because <laughs> so many of these other korean horrors were getting towards that kind of like two-hour mark as well the wailing was oh, actually i thought the best spiritual successor to this film yeah that's a fantastic film i think korean horror then had it it then died a bit and you got things like the cat which was just dark water (laughs) (laughs) the same the literally the the same ending um and you got but then you got some kind of fun there's there's a fun one called morning grave which is like a comedy horror which is really rather rather our our old friend in chano really really like that but i think i think until the wailing the, the wailing changed it wailing for me reinvented what korean horror could do it did i think there was i think korea though in in the background was because you know the the summer horror season in korea is still so big and every year you'd have at least five which came out and you still do pretty much every year regular as a regular as mustard always coming out um mustard Clockworks. Clockworks. <laughs> You're as keen as mustard and regular as clockwork. Yeah, that's where that came from. Sorry, um, but yeah, but no, you still and you still had some good ones, and I I, I kind of got to see most of them just because I was writing for Yes Asia, and they knew I liked horror films, so they would just send me stuff that they knew I would give a pretty good review to, which would got quite boring after a while. But there were still a lot of good ones which were coming out during those peers, but they just they were all very similar, and yeah, I don't think at that stage there was a great hunger for Asian you know genre stuff in the west so there wasn't much point releasing and even now like the last few years there's been loads of them and they all seem to be turning up on shutter and yeah. i haven't actually started, oh, yeah. i haven't got through many of them so it's but yeah it, it definitely in terms of international attention you know it, it did drop off by the time we were getting to that sort of end of the you know the early 2000s boom which probably went to about what 2005 2006 give or take i do think the other interesting thing about this is the 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 production design mm. it really does feel like this influences what a lot of what comes next yeah. in terms of patterns and textures and yeah. and i guess it, there's some similar ideas going on in in old boy yeah, yeah. um which is kind of which, you know to be going roughly about the same time everything yeah um yeah. but you've also you know later on you've definitely got so echoes of the the patterns coming in in um, Lady Vengeance. You've mm-hmm. you know you've got it in a bittersweet life. You've got. I think that's I mean that's Kim in general. Yeah. I, I think we're you know other directors have had other influences, but you know when he's getting his stuff overseas and stuff, you know, and I think this kind of look. Cause it's the same cinematographer he worked with most of the time, like mm. Lee. I forget his name, Lee something, but you know, Nemo uh, Gay. That's it. Thank yeah. you. And this and this kind of like gothicy shadowy look sort of combined quite well into the sort of noir look. Yeah. Of other stuff, you know, which Kim did later, then which other directors followed, and, mm. and for some other directors, it 
Korean directors have basically just resulted in too much shadow and stuff like that. <laughs> you know, but it's but yeah, I I think visually when these films are actually you're getting this push to be released overseas, like you were saying with the sort of Korean culture push and everything like that, and it's quite natural. A lot of other directors would start copying it visually and, and stuff. You know. I mean, you got something like Hansel and Gretel, didn't you? Which, I think, is even more beautiful, but it's just it's not. Nice as, film, it's yeah. not as yeah. good a film. Um, no, but that no, that no. that came out just. That was certainly released over here just after this. But again, and you know, if you if you're looking if you're hungry for beautiful Korean horror film based on childhood fairy tale and trauma, <laughs> yeah, there's there, there, there's there, there's another one for you. I'm sure Terracotta got many. Many, many. Co- I, I had about five copies of that film at one time because I kept winning terracotta film quizzes, and, so, and the prize was always here. You go, Hansel and Gretel. Like, no, don't want it. Not again. And they know, and they know, they know it's me. So they're just making fun of me. Anyway, doesn't matter. It is. It's not a bad film though, um, Hansel and Gretel. And there's a yeah. there's a few other ones which kind of had that kind of either fairy tale or kind of folk tale type thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the Mimic, you know, a more recent one. That's another one which has a sort of folk tale um elements to it so it's uh i think that's something like say where japan goes more for like the urban legends the ghosts and everything like that uh and korean cinema was much more like the folk tales to, to be fair the, the 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 recent arrow blu-ray has a has has a visual essay all about korean folk tales and different oh, things okay. ghosts and things like that it's kind of interesting oh, that's, quite, that's quite interesting well yeah the, the floral I, I did see that the floral wallpaper is a reference to their names their names mean lotus and rose yeah mm-hmm. so everything's like highly referential and, and he said that mm-hmm. he always tried to make it so that you can't see the character's face until they're really close to you as a kind of subtle scare and i didn't really notice mm-hmm. that till the commentary that's it's just so dark <laughs> in the whole house yeah. i thought it, i thought that was just kind of an emo thing with their hair was down and everything. yeah just not <laughs> yeah. see properly <laughs> exactly. just sulky damn teenagers yeah. you know but it's also well i mean i don't know if we could say it yet can we say the spoiler Go on, feel free, go yeah, for it. But it's also because they're okay. all the same person, so <laughs> what's the point of seeing their face, you know? <laughs> oh, but I, I think you know, you know, see, the seeing the fact that it's been re released like this by mm-hmm. with, with such a huge, huge list of extras and everything, including uh, a know. commentary by our friends Pierce Conrad and that's uh, right, yeah, yeah look, a lot of good names on there. So I guess that kind of suggests like the level of interest in unraveling this film that the, there still is there uh, and everything so i think you... it's a good time to return to it mm. uh, and it's interesting to see some of these films kind of slowly kind of come back out you know and but a little bit of distance or quite a lot of distance i think really yeah. for, for most of us is, is actually quite a good thing whereas yeah. there was so much of this um you know like we're saying at that point so many people doing the same sort of things it's, yeah. it's, it's nice to just kind of approach this after such a yeah, long gap and, no, no, and i really appreciate and everything about it and it genuinely deserves a blu-ray release so i i, yeah, I already yeah, had definitely. a blu-ray of it. i got the still book that came out a few years ago from korea with the william morris cover and, <laughs> and when and when this came out i thought oh god i can't buy it again that would be my fourth <laughs> time and i'm thinking but yes i'm glad i did because there's enough dis like you say there's 20 years since it's come out i've watched it a few times since then i've been on a few podcasts about it written about it a few times and there's still more even watching it again last night to refresh Mm. myself for this there were still things i hadn't remembered hadn't noticed it's Mm. never looked so good Um, yeah it does look good there are there are few asian films outside of 
you know outside of things like hero and things like that which are which are mm-hmm. very obsessed with the, the the colors and things like that that literally looks good no japanese film looks this good all japanese films look like they're made for tv this this thing this that's, thing that's, that's the most sweeping statement it's ever been I know, made on well, this podcast. Yeah, a lot a lot of a lot of, like a lot of them do. Yeah. Um, but, well, the the very cheap ones. Do. Yeah, but there's, there's no J horror this pretty. It's true. No, um, absolutely. Uh, that sounds like it sounds like a challenge to try and think of. It. Yeah, uh, find find the prettiest film, and I will judge it. <laughs> <laughs> Helter Skelter. Yeah, I yeah, that. yeah. That, yeah that is a... There you go. <laughs> Boom. In fact, yeah. I mean, Yahtzee. yeah, yeah. It, that's a very good-looking film. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Anyway, we, we can move on now that I've won. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say you won. It's a close second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that with the J Horror one, I think. I mean, you know, joking aside, it's right. They were churning out so much of the stuff, and it, whether it was like the kind of blurred line between the actual films that were v cinema mm, so so, so yeah so loads of them were and those are often the ones which we did get sneaked out kind of released over here on really crappy dvds and stuff and they renamed them a bit and everything and yeah so yeah we were exposed to a lot of really crappy looking ones that's definitely <laughs> wait were any of those like rings or grudge were there any of those made for vhs no oh, no i mean v, v cinema is more just like a direct-to-video type thing it's not necessarily oh. actually literally vhs uh i mean they would have been like way back in the day and stuff i just mean like in when some of the less reputable dvd releasing companies were slightly retitling stuff <laughs> and releasing these really cheap ones over here uh and everything because they probably got them for next to nothing they, they sort of tart up the dvd sleeve maybe call it something slightly different and guys like us would be tricked into getting them or renting them and stuff <laughs> uh, and a lot of them would probably be even worse than made for TV. So, so I'm interested. We, 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 Yona's given the spoiler away that basically <laughs> the events, the the events of most of the film, yeah. three of the characters are the same person, and only the father <laughs> and Sumi are actually there. <laughs> the poor confused father. That's crazy. <laughs> um, and and and, 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 and I guess. The couple that visited, they were oh, really the there. couple, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the the uncle and the aunt. <laughs> Although that stuff needs explanation. Um, one of the things I like about this film is the first time I saw it, you get that surprise, and it's like, wow, okay. Mm. Maybe I wasn't as surprised because the sixth sense wasn't that long ago, but okay, I'm with it. The second time I watched it, it's like, ah, oh, now I can see how it all works. Mm. You know, the twist, <laughs> the twist is helping me watch yeah. it the second time. The third time I watched it, I just didn't... And, 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 and usually films are twists like that. Mm. It's a real challenge for them to be rewatchable. Yeah. yeah. Once yeah. you know the twist, it's just painful getting to that point when you rewatch yeah. it. For me, this film holds up. Does it hold up still for you guys 20 years later after um, multiple watches? It, it does. I find it more yeah. manipulative this time watching it again. Um, not necessarily in a bad way. I mean, I, I haven't seen it for so long, but knowing it's coming and then, yeah, like you say, just you know picking up these little details and everything which are either visual a lot of, actually a lot of visually certainly uh, which are kind of nogging you towards it and stuff but it's still kind of you know going to the the sort of twist and the spoilers and stuff it still feels like that kind of uh, m light Shyamalan sort of like split type thing where I don't, I don't know it's this whole thing of like mental illness where you you somehow seem to have like perfectly formed characters who still exist within the mind of something and it you know, it feels a little. I mean, not in a bad. It's still entertaining, but it put it put it slightly more into schlock for me when I rewatched it again a couple of nights ago. Not in a bad way, mm. but you know, it, it felt more like a more like a genre genre film. 
then maybe the first time I watch that, you say, you're like, oh, wow, no, that's, you know, it's a mind-bending thing, whereas now, once, I guess once you can see, like, the chess pieces he's moving around and what he's doing. I mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not convinced it would hold up under scene-by-scene scrutiny. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think a lot I, I of think it. One of the, the the big issues with it is because there is so much thought put into the details, mm. and I think this is something that I'm that actually even first time I watched it, I, I kind of subconsciously picked up on. But if you if you do watch the the, the new version, um, you know, or one of the the good versions, which has mm. got um, all the 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 cut scenes, a lot of those scenes were cut for the right reasons. Okay. Um, and and they've sort of got a, you know, Kunji Moon's got a, he's on there saying why he cut them. Mm. Um, interestingly, on the new version, I don't know if this has always been the case, but you can't actually switch his commentary off really. Um, <laughs> which, you know, I'm not sure if that's the, the right thing to do. I mean, you might yeah. want to just watch it without the commentary, but yeah, yeah. there's lots of little details that actually you're like, what the hell's that? And it's because he cuts mm-hmm. the scene or part of it out. Okay. Um, so there are things that, 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 still don't massively make sense and and it you know it's kind of a weird one where i think he he you know on a lot of cases he was right to cut the scene for the pace and for the general overall tone but then those little holes in the in the logic and in the Mm. in the narrative kind of peek through and you're like what the hell was that about oh okay right now i know (laughs) i mean i think you know you're mentioning the uh the couple yeah, you know, Stephen. I think that's the weirdest part of the film to me. That's the part. I mean, everything else about the plot, I kind of, you know, watching it again and you know knowing what's going on and stuff. Like I say, it feels a bit like schlock to me now, not in a bad way. But that couple, I don't, I don't really. But that's really that's understand the point. That's of the best scene in the rewatch once you've seen it because you watch that whole dinner sequence knowing that it's yeah. just Sue Young going nuts mm. and all yeah, kind of just I mean, staring at her and being. So like, it's like an absurdist humor to it almost yeah, like which yeah. you wouldn't you would you know you're not going to get in your first watch unless you've read about it first so, so yeah watching it yeah. back again it's such a weird scene which almost feels like it wants to tip into some proper comedy because they're just gonna yeah you, like she's you say, having she's having there. that fit on the yeah, floor yeah, yeah. like why what yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. There, there's just no that's, that's what's so crazy. weird about it. it's yeah. no context at all she just yeah. and then again the poor father who again <laughs> is just confused and baffled by the whole Every single thing that happens. But, but, but of course, there's a further twist yeah. in that it's, yes, this is all going on in some poor disturbed girl's head for a perfectly, yeah. you know, when we find out what happened, you get it. Mm. And it's all about guilt and trauma like you did yeah, at the beginning, yeah. Jase. But actually, oh, by the way, the ghosts are real. Oh yeah, yeah. you yeah. might have thought this was all going on in her head, but but these ghosts are real as well, and they're and they're yeah classic Asian vengeful ghosts. Yeah, they're so yeah, they kill. Yeah, they're, just, they're so so grudgy. Yeah, like crawling mm. out of places they've got no business mm. being and everything. Like you know, yeah. Like closets. Yeah, all that. It actually kind of ends up looking a bit sink. like childbirth. There's all this kind of exercise yeah, right. kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, everywhere. Yeah. It's kind of very but, weird. And you get dream sequence ghosts as well. So you have like somebody, this is happening inside, partly inside somebody's mind, but they're having dreams of it. And oh, uh, no, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. go there. That's another layer. <laughs> you know. But I don't think, you know, on the one hand, while well, it is so well designed and stuff, I mean, watching it again, and I haven't listened to comedy and stuff, part of, part of me feels, and especially when looking at it in the context of all of his other films, he does have a habit of just like logic, nah, 
You know, I'll just say that is in the commentary. Is that what he said? Well, yeah. He'll often, he'll often just go. The I saw the commentary, heard the commentary with the actresses, and they'll go. So, what does these fish guts in the fridge mean? And he goes, (laughs) "It'll just go nothing." (laughs) It's just to make you feel a certain way, and it it really does that. Well, that's good. Yeah, you know, which I think that's definitely a good thing because, and I suppose for this film, where you have so much of it was loaded with meaning visually, yeah, textually, and everything, and then you have just some bits in it which are just. Yeah, just yeah. Do you remember when she sets the clock to two thirty-four when she yeah. first gets into the room? What's that? That about? doesn't mean anything. <laughs> that, that's one of the things that's. All, there's two things that bug me about this film: that and the, and the ring rip-off ghost of the mother scene when the hand yeah. comes out between her legs. It's like what? <laughs> no, I I have no idea. But you're right. There's lots of bits in there, and a lot of. Whether that's just him being, you said he was right canny, and you know, if mm. he's just saying, like, you know, I've got so much mystery, I'll throw in a few more things, and yeah, everyone will just assume it's right mysterious. <laughs> no fair play, man, if that's... If I mean, that's looking the at the stuff that he cut out, he actually, he just threw shed loads at it. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, there's even a kind of a poison subplot that he ended up cutting out. Um, oh, okay. the, 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 the The real mother it was, was well, I think, poisoned herself, you know, and it's, yeah. it's just... Actually, just kind of, whoa, hang on, let me check a few more things. Whoa, what sticks? Uh, fair play. <laughs> hey. Wait, so do we do we never find out what happened in the past trauma, like with the mother and sister? So they, well, we do at the end, don't we? So, yeah, so, we do, so, yeah. so okay. But but there's there's a there's another thing which I liked about it is it doesn't over explain itself. Certainly not in the subtitles. Certainly not in real, you know. So the the, the stepmother <laughs> was the was the sort of the palliative the care of nurse yeah. of their mother mm-hmm. who, who the father was having an affair with, but no one ever really says any of this. It's all done through no. photographs and assumptions. Yes. And, yeah. uh, and, and I don't, at least I don't think it's truly said. And then of course yeah. we find out the stepmother isn't the stepmother. And so different. there was a real one. There was a real stepmother. That, there is that's a real right. stepmother. So the father oh, she gets killed by the ghost. That's right. So the father, you know, at the beginning, oh, you know, at the beginning when the father's on the phone and he's having this weird conversation. So yes, he, I do, he ta- actually. He's talking to the stepmother. So no, you can't come round yet because she's not, she's not ready. Oh, and then yeah. when it all goes to crap and when he basically tells her that her sister's dead, then it's mm. time for the real stepmother to come along, and then the ghosts get vengeful. Because they've been waiting because it's her fault because she's having an affair with the father. That's what, and that's all this anger in Sue Me is like. Where's yeah. it all coming from? And it's not explained to the end because her father had an affair with the woman that was meant to be looking after the mother while the mother was still in the house and sick. And yeah, and and then an accident. There was happened. a hell of a lot that goes on at the very end. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's, it, un, it unwraps quite... on top of unwraps on top of unwraps. Uh, with the, and it's and of course it's and no, it's not a narrator, but it's unreliable perspective. At yeah, the same it, time it, as absolutely. Well, you know? yeah, there, yeah. There's a lot of that, a lot of that going on as well. Like like with a bird again, another thing. You know. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the <laughs> stepmom's pet birds are there. Yeah. It looks like the ghost kills it, but was it really Sue Me? And 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 and, and then why? And then why does the father make such a big deal about burying it? And now you've told me, you know, that most of it's just for shits and giggles. I'm going to go for it. I wouldn't say most. <laughs> well, it sounds like a fair whack of it. <laughs> Which makes me respect it and respect it more. To be yeah, honest. Yeah. But the confusion but, doesn't take anything away from the experience. No, no, and, it's no, not, no, and it's not pretentiousness either. Like, you no. know, it, it is. And that's what I got from it this time more. Mm. It was just, it, it was much more genre than I kind of remembered it being. Mm. So it's, even when it gets to its vagaries, its ambiguities and everything like that, it's not like annoying me. 
and not uh, like annoyingly vague or anything like yeah that. yeah i i've often described it as one of the best dramas with like the scares in the way almost it would have just done so well as just a drama i think I, and i've known <laughs> i've no, i've known people who refuse to call it a horror movie it's you know really? it's, it's a psychological thriller with and it's horror scary. elements yeah. Thriller. It can't. It definitely. It can't be called a thriller. There's no. There's no. There's no running. It's not like that's, that's like. True, true. It's like calling Tom Cruise in the firm an action film because he runs across the street. I mean, they should be running a lot of the time. It's terrifying, but they're not. <laughs> I think it does hold up though. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Especially, I mean, I know. I've said to Andy quite a few times now. I do have much more of a sense of nostalgia as well for some of these films because we were. Guys like us were watching so many of them by like 2004, 2005. Mm. You know, we were getting right sick of this long-haired ghost crawling out of things. And especially, you know, some of the Korean ones with the last 20 minutes of <laughs> everything. <laughs> like, So going back and watching some of the the really good ones, yeah. you know, now they, they feel, yeah, like you said, like the the distance and everything has is, is improved our relationship. It's been distilled through time, hasn't it? And, and, and yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's the right time for it to come out. And I, you know, I hope to see a few others just sprinkle out. Which ones? Any ones you're particularly... <sighs> Not the cat, by the sounds of it. <laughs> we don't want the cat. The cat's fine. It's just it's just dark water. It's just like with a cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, the fact the end was exactly the same. I'm, I'm just trying to think. I mean, I, again, I'd like to see some of them on Blu-ray. I'd like to see The Whispering Corridors films in Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a DVD really set of the first versions. four. I've got yeah. eight, uh, you know, imports of of five. Um, yeah, my I, my ones are really bad quality for the first two. Yeah, exactly. Especially. I'd love to see you know, Memento Mori is is a really Great interesting film. film. Yeah, yeah. Those t- I mean, the thing is, you know, a lot of us had the Hong Kong DVDs, but yeah. you know, the yeah. Tartan Asia Extreme DVDs weren't <laughs> the, were, the, the transfers no. were, weren't any better. And, and, and that, that's why I've basically worse. got the box set of that, which is all the ones they couldn't sell, chucked in a bigger box. I'd, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to see them, and I'd love to see them with commentaries because you know Memento Moro mm-hmm. is, is another mindfuck. Yeah, it's like the, yeah, yeah, it's a great it's, film. It's a really. I only knew some people who've talked a lot about the uh, the Whispering Corridor series. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be on that commentary. I, exactly. if paid. Yeah. <laughs> but there, there was all those other ones which were leaking out stuff like what Acacia and things mm, like that. And yoga. Some of the more. That was another one. Oh, I mean, Yoga's a great film. It's and the wig, the disappointment the wig, of the yeah. we, we actually do get to see a haunted, you know, haunted thatch actually going <laughs> on. But, it's, but it still turns out to be, you know, and that's kind of in the legacy of yeah. two sisters because it it turns out to be more depressing stuff and everything. What's the you one know, set in Vietnam? Oh crikey! And the girl gets her legs broken, misery style. Um, it's a K horror. Uh, it's epitaph? a K horror, but it's not be not be devil. No epitaph. It might be. Oh. I don't know. I can't remember. But there was, there's that, and that's another beautiful looking film. And I just can't remember its name. And um, the doll maker. Do you remember that? That was another one that oh, came I, out. Yeah, that was okay. And Death oh. Bell. When people get killed by Death laundry Bell. laundrette. Oh god. <laughs> Dead friend. Which was just Dead as... friend came. Yeah, that's a real. That's it, a good was that, one. Was that just released as Ghost? Over it here, was released right? as Ghost over here, but it's called Dead Friend yeah, in yeah. Korea. Oh, right? I think I've seen that one. It's where, again, face, very face. similar. You, you... <laughs> this is great. Just <laughs> how many? We can't have too many left um, of the old school ones. <laughs> oh, I think ones. we can. <laughs> there's Sorry? a couple that are like K-pop and radio station ones. I think well, there's white. white there's white terror. White. Yeah, which is the. We're a K-pop yeah. band with a curse. Yeah, there's right. there's really a lot like of cursed one. ones. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Into the mirror. Into the mirror. Yeah. Oh. Which was that? Choi Min Suk. 
That was Mirrors, the remake, wasn't yeah, it? With Keith well, Sutherland. Yeah. With Keith Sutherland. Yeah. yeah. But that was Which a Korean was... movie originally. Yeah, it was Troy 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 one. Yeah, yeah, it was. Mirror was called Into the Mirror. It was with Troy Man Suk. Troy Man Suk was the was the oh, really? of it. Yeah. I gotta I, find that. I prefer the remake of that actually, just because you know, in, Into the Mirror is um, yeah, it's, it is a lot more angsty and slow and stuff like that. Whereas like Mirror just has you know, looking, you know, you look in the mirror and they're ah, pulling your face apart <laughs> and stuff, which I thought made more made it more fun. You know, and Keith Sutherland's good value. So, <laughs> so many films to pick from. <laughs> well like said, Blu-ray day, we're, all, we're all you know and if you ask us the same question like you know back in those days like 2005 we probably been, oh fuck sake man you know another one every but yeah whereas now because they don't really make too many of them anymore mm-hmm. the, even the ones which are on shutter they're not really that kind of that kind of stuff with certain stuff you know stuff like which is appearing on netflix like that one i with the eighth night or whatever it is or you know it's faha the sixth finger and stuff it does seem oh that was you know, pretty good yeah they're good films, but you know, what I mean, they're a completely different kind of horror in, in that respect. Yeah. It, we don't really get so many of these, these kind of old school ones and everything. I'm, I'm going to give you an editing challenge, Andrew. I'm <laughs> afraid. Yeah, the film I was thinking about was Vietnamese. That's why it was set in Vietnam. It's Muay um, Legend of the Oh crikey, what's it called? Legend of a Portrait. But that's oh, I a, remember that. I do remember. Yeah, oh, so that was a Vietnamese film. Though. That's actually. Yeah, I didn't realize. I thought it was a Korean movie. Um, well, there's, was, so, there's I, Korean actors it in it. Too. There's Korean yeah. actors in mm. it. But yeah, I, just, it I was sent that by Yes Asia. I remember yeah. the. I got the Korean DVD. Okay. Anyway, no, I'm not going to accept your editing challenge. No, no, we keep yeah. it in there. No, <laughs> but it's it's another beautiful looking film. Um, in in that in that realm. I can remember the DVD cover, and I, and I suspect it's on sale on eBay. I'm sorry, I just I'm selling all the stuff I got from Yes Asia and everything well, over the years. What, Andy's selling off from me on eBay. What I'm worried about is it's probably your fault. I bought a load of stuff from Yes Asia in or around this time. I was probably looking at the reviews, and you were the only person reviewing it on Yes Asia and Beyond Hollywood. Yeah. But no, anyway, there is. Um... Yeah, you know, there's a lot of very interesting stuff out there still, which I, I would is, kind but... of like to rewatch. But I, it's so much, it's balancing that against new stuff. And there are about five or six ones on Shutter, which I, I haven't oh. seen, which are from the last two years, Korean ones, which I should really write and review and everything. But Mon- a lot of people are telling me to watch Monstrum. I haven't seen that. Yeah, one I haven't seen that one either. And that's yeah, that's on there because that's another one. Basically, sounds like Kingdom type stuff, right? Yeah, I think it's a lot of zombie Josie. But, but it was before. It was before Kingdom, though. Yeah. I, I I liked Kingdom, but I didn't keep watching it for some reason either. I don't really, really get into Kingdom. that stuff. Okay. Kingdom was, I think, maybe the only Korean, apart from that really short recent like Goenam, whatever it is. That not like the Haunted Asylum, like. The one I, I remember, the Netflix. Oh one yeah, the where, super short one. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that because well, yeah, the comics are terrifying. Yeah, that that was a good one. But you know, I'm not into all the K dramas and stuff, man. No, but I mean, the good thing about Kingdom was actually six episodes, and some of the episodes movie. are really short. That's so true, it basically, yeah. kind of adds up to a each season adds up to an average Korean movie. <laughs> well, just, yeah, they, the they've just the done a one-off, haven't they? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wasn't crazy, but it's okay. The, I think the good thing about the one-off. Um, I reviewed it for uh, for the kicks. Like, the good thing about it is, is hopefully that means the next season just doesn't have any exposition in it. Mm. Because we know who she is now. We know all about her. Her story's not that interesting. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> got, oh, we don't, because, you know, just girl grows up, you know, family betrayed by the, by the evil government. She eventually trains to fight with the government, finds out they're a bunch of assholes, finds out about the zombies. Zombies turn up in the last two minutes. Done. Let's go. 
You know, we don't have to waste time. Because the good thing about Kingdom is it is so fast moving. Like yeah. you say, short yeah. episodes, everything. It powers through it all very nicely. So hopefully, I will, yeah, even though the action of the North wasn't great, you know, she's a good character. Yeah, so Jenna Jim. Jenna Jim, yeah, yeah, we can just move like on. Like Welcome Return? From... Yeah. Uh, Sweet Home is, is K Horror. That's a Netflix series. That's right. And that's, that's like um, a zombie invasion, but instead of zombies, each zombie is a different monster. That's really uh, good. Yeah. I heard, yeah. yeah, I heard that was yeah. pretty good. Um, but it's not at all like K-horror, K so to speak. Yeah. I always yeah, do quotes on a podcast. It's so useless. <laughs> well, I'm, sure, I'm sure if this gets left in the edit, the, the audience will imagine you doing it. Um, it's still a little funny know. noise. But no, they don't. They don't really make this kind of one anymore. Uh, or no, that's why it was to. released, I guess. Um, now, yeah, yeah, and as we said, it's a good time for going back and revisiting these, mm-hmm. and it will be interesting to see if and which other ones they actually get down to. Because you know, after they kind of have too many sort of proper big classic ones. If and you're you're right, man. I, I would see, and I would love to see like a good box set of uh, Whispering Corridors. And, yeah, me too. I like that. That would be really because there's a new one coming, or they're supposed yeah, there's... to be making. I'm not sure if it happened due to the the COVID stuff, mm. but. There was one, there was a new Whispering Corridors ready to, really? you know, we're supposed to be going, yeah. That's yeah. been about 10 years, hasn't it, since? It's been a while. Easily, easily yeah. I think. It was one of the oh. first ones which was actually kind of made in that kind of new way, with all the political yeah. stuff and everything. Um, I wrote a very nice article about it. <laughs> a Tale of Two Sisters is available now on Blu-ray from Arrow Video. Um, and as we said, there's never a better time to revisit it. Mm. sisters, Yona and Stephen, for joining only, us. Only one of us is real. <laughs> <laughs> but, but that's terrible, because when, when we play back the podcast, you know, just being me and Andy talking to each other, and one of us like, doing your voice, and one of us doing just, Yona's voice. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting. <laughs> Don't forget that you can find all of our previous episodes on Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, and you'll never miss an episode. But for now, hey, cheers. say cheers. Cheers. Cheers, cheers to you.